You are listening to PLV Radio Network. Join us in celebrating all of life's possibilities. Good afternoon. This is Pamela Lynch. Welcome back to another show of Conscious Business Conversations. Today I have Robert Millen, a dear friend, and this man is probably the most humble man that I know. He has extensive knowledge of legislative and political processes, conflict resolution, mediation, project leadership and management, just to name a few areas of his expertise. Robert is a barrister and solicitor for British Columbia and owns and operates his own private law practice where he specializes in collaborative family law. So today, Robert and I are going to talk about what happens when people first separate and they are thinking about going down that long and windy road of divorce. So welcome, first of all, let me say Thank welcome you, to the show. Delighted to be here. <laughs> it's a delight for me to spend this time with you. People are first starting to talk about separation, of course. They've been thinking about it. One of the people have been thinking about it for a fairly long time. Would you say that that's fairly accurate? Yes, I don't think it's a, it's a spontaneous thing often where both parties come to the conclusion it isn't working. Generally, one of them falls away before the other does. Mm -hmm. From my own personal experience, I know that it is sort of a long process before you finally get to the point where you say, I've had enough. It's a long and and painful process. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is then when you begin to address the question of separation, it becomes infinitely more painful Mm -hmm. and stressful. Yeah. What are some of the things that you hope that people will think about before they even sort of venture out to meet with someone like yourself? Well, I think the important thing is communicate as best you can. That's frequently the reason that marriages break up or relationships break up. But it's at that particular time that couples need to be able to try to put aside their differences and communicate. All of a sudden, they're going to have to go from one residence to two residences on the same income, two power bills, Two, 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 uh, uh, two sets of knives and forks, two fridges with groceries. Uh, if they're children, they're going to have to work out parenting arrangements. How are we going to divide the household goods? What are we going to do about pensions? What are we going to do about investments? Uh, what are we going to do about all these things? Particularly when one of them has gone to the bank and said, look, we may want to refinance the house or each of us might want to get a mortgage and the bank says we're not going to talk to you until you get a separation agreement which deals with all the issues that I've just talked about. Mm -hmm. Bang it blows up in their face. So a couple who have spent largely regardless of gender who have largely spent the majority of their adult life together suddenly find themselves in an extraordinarily stressful situation in which it's difficult to communicate being forced or being required to make some really difficult decisions about children and lifestyle and where they're going to live any one of which is very difficult to deal with and to to make an arrangement and agreement with let alone all of them Mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking it is and we're not thinking clearly when we're in that situation, right? It's a very emotional time, and so we're not logical. People are more stressed 
probably that's the most stress that they will have in their life, a relationship breakdown. When somebody dies, it's a terrible tragedy and it's sad, but we understand death and death is final. But when a relationship breaks up, particularly when there's children, it is heartbreaking and it's just very difficult. So how over the course of a, just a little bit of time, do you, how do you find a way to chart and navigate a, a, a safe course? Counseling, I think for many people is the best route to go. But unfortunately, many people think the first thing that they have to do when they separate is go and see a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I think that's sometimes not the right thing for many people. Often I like to see couples uh, try to work things out through a counselor and then if they do, then call in the lawyers to maybe write up the agreement and to make sure that what they agree to conforms to the law. That's the exception mm -hmm. rather than the rule, unfortunately. I don't know if a lot of people understand mediation and what that means. Do you want to maybe explain yeah. that? If you do think that there's a sort of misconceptions around what mediation is? Okay, let me back up and say that, that often when people hire lawyers, they think that they have to go to court. And going to court is the lowest common denominator. You'll get a decision made by a judge who doesn't, who doesn't know you, doesn't know your background, doesn't know your circumstances, and may just have a very limited amount of time to understand your unique situation and to, to make a decision that can affect you and your partner and your children for many, many years. Uh, mediation is a process where you're out of the toxic, uh, antagonistic legal environment and you're in an environment where there is a neutral mediator, a person that will try to help both parties engage in a conversation with each other on safe, neutral ground and try to come to an agreement. There are some um, mediators who are not lawyers, who do very well at it, and there are some mediators that are lawyers that, uh, that do well with it. The ones that are mediators uh, that are also lawyers will come up with a separation agreement at the end. The ones that are not lawyers will come up with a plan that has to be written up by a lawyer, but I frequently find that non-lawyer mediators do as good a job as mediators that have a legal background because yeah. it becomes their their passion it becomes their background it becomes what they're committed to mm -hmm. and often they're very skilled as you are in conflict resolution because that's really what it's about Correct. that's what it's all about because when couples have have decided that they're going to go their own way yeah not only are they under a tremendous amount of stress some measure of conflict can be somewhat inevitable before when somebody maybe spilled the orange juice on the table five years ago in the relationship you might have a good laugh now it's you've removed you've ruined my uh, my tablecloth you idiot <laughs> i've always told you to quit uh, being so clumsy right little things now become mountains mm -hmm. little things that before that you could laugh about grow from major irritants to a full blow up Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's really painful to yeah. see. I always think about marriage brings out the best in two people, divorce brings out the worst. Well, it's, <laughs> and it's really difficult uh, often enough when you go to court, which is why I prefer mediation or a collaborative process. If you go to court, m mom will frequently say, I'm a good mom and I love her, my kids. And she does. And dad will say, I'm a good dad and I love my kids. And he does. Mm -hmm. So... How do you, how, if you're a judge, how do you weigh parenting skills? 
And so if couples can go through mediation or the collaborative process where they can bring in people uh, like child parenting specialists or divorce coaches or that kind of thing, they can help people uh, work through those things in a, in a peaceful way. Because mm -hmm. this is relatively new for me to think about is a divorce coach. So they're not counseling. I'm, I'm a coach, so yeah. I understand the concept between counseling and coaching. Um, but so a divorce coach is not there to offer counseling. The, the, they're, they're, they're there to, generally there's two of them in the collaborative process, each working with their own client, okay. trying to help them work through the issues together. And frequently in the collaborative process, you'll have the lawyer in the room, you might have a child parenting specialist in the room, you might have a divorce coach in the room. But what I like about the process is that the role of the lawyer starts to shrink as you have these other professionals in the room that are specifically trained around conflict resolution and around children and around parenting and can help the, the clients, can, can help the people there work through peaceful solutions. There's no roadmap, right, for the, for the, for the road ahead. And these specialists can help people set goals and deadlines that meet their own unique situations and meet their hopes and aspirations for the future. Often, just to get a sense when, a, when, when someone comes in, just to, for, for me to try and figure out where they're coming from, is I'll, I'll frequently ask two questions. Uh, one of which will be, when your oldest child get married, gets married, can you dance with your partner at your first child's wedding? And the second question is, is when your first grandchild is christened, can you stand beside your partner? If somebody says yes, then I, then I always have a feeling uh, that there's, there's some healthy relationship there. But frequently people say, no darn way, that's the last thing I will do. And I will say, but your daughter's wedding or your son's wedding is the most important event in their life. And can't you take three minutes and waltz with your partner? No. Mm. And, and people have to get beyond beyond that conflict, mm -hmm. get, out of the, get out of the space that they're in. And part of the reason that counseling and bringing experts in is that the healing process takes a long time. You've been through that, I've been through that twice. Mm -hmm. You know, don't learn the first time. I learned after the second time. It can take three, four, five years for people to heal. And if people don't heal and they don't understand the process that they've gone through, they're going to remarry and make the same mistakes that they that they made, and it's no wonder that second marriages fail at the rate of about sixty-three percent. Is that what that number is? Yeah. yeah. So that's even that's even higher than first. Marriages. It's first, and the third third marriages fail at an even higher rate because yeah. people just haven't learned. And I feel bad for that. Mm -hmm. I feel bad for that when they come in to see me. They're lost. They're tired. They're confused, and they're whipped. And then on top of which. What I have to look for, and all kinds of specialists and counselors also have to look for, is we also have to question very carefully for family violence. Mm -hmm. Family violence is not only physical, it can be emotional, financial, it can be threatening, it can be, I'll kill your dog. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it can mental be, abuse. It, it's mental, it's social, it's physical, it's, it's everything. And so we have to be very careful to, to screen for that kind of violence. And secondly, we also have to screen to un get an understanding 
of our client's position relative to the other in the sense of their bargaining position? Do they see themselves as equal to the, to the other party? Or are they so dispirited that they'll give the other party whatever they want and then there's a complete imbalance in the relationship and then a complete imbalance in what they agree to? I've frequently you see it in the case of, of women whether it's family violence or just over the years they have just lost confidence in themselves that they'll do anything to get out of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Those are red flags. Mm -hmm. They'll just walk away. They'll walk away and then in a year they will, they will have nothing and they may be bitter and they, and they may be angry and they should be bitter and they should be angry. And it's the role of counselors and mediators and lawyers to ensure that that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. That people have to be treated equally and they have to be treated fairly with dignity and compassion. Yes. Yeah. When people are, they're at that point where they're talking about, they've said the words, I want a divorce. Yes. I want right. to separate. They've, I want to separate. They have, they have just taken the meat cleaver and, and it's over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether, whether the other party, you know, believes it or not. Mm -hmm. And then the, then the unraveling begins. Right. And it's like if they've drawn this line in the sand and there's no going one, you know, you can't step over that. Sometimes you can. I mean, it's interesting that you, um, that you, you raised that. I, I did about a year ago, a separation agreement for, for a couple and they were just about to sign it and she moved away. And I actually just got an email from her this morning, said that uh, she had lost her email account, had been hacked and everything else. And so she finally found my, my address and what had, what had happened was she had followed some of my advice and not only had the couples walked away from the separation agreement, they reconciled and got married. So sometimes when you, when you see that and you see reconciliation, mm -hmm. uh, that's really a beautiful thing because one of the things that we're required to do as lawyers is not just to go in there and make things worse and to bust it up, but we're there to try to ensure that people really understand what they're doing and then if there is some hope that, that they can get into an alternate dispute resolution and they can get into mediation or if there's any opportunity that they can take for counseling because sometimes people get themselves in a rut. They say, yeah, I've drawn that line in the sand and they feel that because they've drawn that line in the sand, the meat cleaver has fallen, they can't go back. Mm -hmm. They can't reconcile. Mm -hmm. They have to go ahead. Society wants you to go ahead and that's not the case because sometimes it is the case that, that, that people rethink things and they do want to get back and so they need a little help to get there mm -hmm. right and so yeah so that would be the role of yourself as a mediator the divorce coach counseling and as a lawyer as, as well yeah because yeah. mm -hmm. often i think what happens is i'm just going to touch back on this when we kind of find the same partner again is that we don't realize that it's really all about energy and that we're going to attract the person with the same kind of energy as that we are putting out there. So, for example, if a woman doesn't have it, has low self-worth, she's going to attract someone who is going to meet that energy either with low self-esteem or low self-worth themselves or in a domineering yes. manner yes. where they will take advantage of, because their energy is... I, I don't like the word predator, but that's the word that just came up for me, is that they they will look because they want someone who they can control. Well, and That's why I say that, that maybe 20% of my practice in, in family law is, is just really dealing with the law. 
the other 80% is just really dealing with the person. I want that if, if, if people are in fact genuinely, they want to go their own way, to understand why they're going their own way and to ensure that as two couples go their own way, that those relationships are as healthy as they can possibly be, that they're healthy mm -hmm. and that they will be raising healthy children. Right, because often there's underlying uh, issues that are going on at a subconscious level that people don't recognize that they are in that energy. They're not right. in that energy or they think that if they sign a piece of paper that it's all going to go away. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes I'll, I'll, I'll have people come in and say, we've, we've worked it all out and we've, we've, uh, we've figured out what we're going to do with the children. It's all a piece of cake. Uh, can, you know, can you witness our signature? And they've not talked to the children. You know, you get this pension and I'll get this RSP. And so they're, they're kind of like moving the pieces around on the chessboard. Children aren't pieces on the on the chessboard. Mm -hmm. They grieve. They mm -hmm. grieve terribly, and so it's important for for parents to understand that that children play a key role in it. They they grieve. Mm -hmm. They grieve terribly, and oftentimes they just learn to keep it to keep it within them. And mm -hmm. to, to me, that's the most painful part mm -hmm. for adults. Generally, adults can move on. There, mm -hmm. there are people that just don't have that lowest, that have that low esteem and don't have the energy. And that's very always very difficult to work with, which is why we screen for that family violence and try to, to really screen to ensure that that woman that has the or, or male that has that low self esteem is really in an equal bargaining position mm -hmm. with with the, with the other couple. Right, because it sure can go the other way. It can be the man who is on the other side of that too. Right? Yes, yes it can. Yeah. And so it's it's irrespective of sex and mm -hmm. uh, and gender. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. They, they, these things happen in same gender relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. People so are people. Yeah, so the children, um, and we never, can, we can't predict what our children are going to be, what, what their wishes are. Like they always wish yeah. for the parents to stay together, but when that's not possible, some I was surprised with the wishes of my children. Yes. Right. My children were 14 and 19, and my 14-year-old wanted to stay with his dad because he knew his dad yeah. was more the injured party, if you will, um, the one who was at the at the other side of of or um, so not your child thought. Yeah. Yeah. Right? right. But he was very intuitive, and yeah. he just he didn't want to go from home to home. He was 14 years old. Yeah. And that's what I thought would happen. Like he would be just one week on. And he said, "No, because I want to stay in my home. And I want to stay in my home." Right. So yeah. he. Well, that's why house. frequently yeah. I like to have a counselor yeah. involved. Yeah. To talk to both of the parents, mm -hmm. but so that the children have a voice. Yeah. Because oftentimes the parents will say, well, I've talked to this child, this child won't this. And, and sometimes it is the case that the children will, will write, will surprise you with, mm -hmm. with, with what they want. Mm -hmm. And I, I see that quite often. And the parents think we've figured it all out, but you've never really figured it out until the children really have a chance to have to, for their voice to be heard, which is why I really think that in a, in a marital breakup or a relationship breakup, that, that if it's possible to encourage the parents to take the children to counseling mm -hmm. so that their voice can be heard, I think that's important because they're people too. Mm -hmm. Yes, and they are at, for the most part, a very impressionable age. And, where... they're, and they're grieving. Yeah. They're grieving. Parents, uh, parents were old enough 
that we've got some tools that we can deal with pain and agony and grief. Mm -hmm. But what do young children have? Mm -hmm. They don't have anything. All they've got is mom and dad to hold on to, and mom and dad are no longer there. Mm -hmm. And now I have to be maybe with mom or maybe with dad, or I don't want to go with dad. Mm -hmm. I don't like this relationship, and, and really hard on kids. Yeah. One of the things that was very clear to me through my process when I went through that was that our children are two halves of the parents, right? And so when you have something like name calling or you're even really so subtle sometimes how they, you know, parents will put down the other one. Well, if you say to a child, oh, your mom's an idiot or your dad's an idiot, you're actually calling the child an idiot because they are a part of the other person. That's really an astute point. That's right. They, they be, uh, and sometimes they begin to think that maybe you're calling the other partner an idiot because of something that they've done. They mm -hmm. personalize it. They mm -hmm. think they've cost, they, they take it upon themselves mm -hmm. that maybe if we were better children, mom and dad wouldn't split up. Or, or maybe if I would done a little bit better at school, or maybe if I was a little bit more obedient, they, they take it upon themselves. Mm -hmm. Or when the parents insult each other, yeah, they get kind of caught up in this maelstrom. Mm -hmm. And how can they not? Because mm -hmm. they can... are a part of those two people. They and, are a part. And, so, yeah. so what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And frequently children will say that, will ask that. What's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Or why did this happen to me? Right? Why did this happen? And they, don't, and they have no clue. Yeah, because they do. They take it so personally because they don't see it external. They internalize it. Completely. Right? Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And so... Uh, and. They've got no way to, to deal with it, to externalize it. And that's why I often think that, that a counselor can help, just mm -hmm. so they can just talk to them and say, tell me what's bothering you, or, or what, what do you think? Because mm -hmm. they've got something to say. Mm -hmm. yeah. they do, but mostly what they say is they just want mom and dad to, to, to be back. Mm -hmm. Well, they need a soft voice sometimes that, that, that aren't the parents. I should say husband and wife. It, it could be same gender. Sometimes they need somebody else uh, that they, where they can be on safe ground that they can freely express what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so important. There's a lot of resources out there, I think. There's a lot of resources. The, the, the law has changed. The, the, the old legislation, the Family Relations Act, was passed to encourage people to go to court, in, in particular women. And it was seen at the time as a very progressive piece of legislation. But the courts got so choked and it was became such a toxic environment. The Family Law Act turns it all on its head. It's encouraging people not to use the court process. It's encouraging people to use uh, alternate measures, parenting coordinators, coaches, mediators, counselors, everything. It's to take it away from the, from, from the court system. Mm -hmm. And I know that when I've not seen a situation myself where counselors have got involved uh, I've never seen a situation where it's it's made things worse. It's always made things better. Mm -hmm. Got to put people on safe ground, right? Yeah, yeah, and they need a safe place to land. They need a safe place to land and to stay there. And so the parents need that, and so do the children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. You know, but you're okay. So you've you've chosen this for for a, a while now. This is yeah. this is what you do. What would be some final thoughts that you'd like to leave with people? I think if, if people, no matter how hard it is, can try to find it within them to be able to talk with respect to their partner 
And if they can't do that, to find, to search where they can get some help to do that, particularly when they have children. Uh, elsewise, you may end up hiring lawyers for three and four hundred dollars an hour to talk to, you know, one party talks to their lawyer who talks to the other lawyer who talks to the other party. And uh, I think it's better that the parties are able with help to talk to each other rather than washing it, uh, washing it through lawyers at three and four hundred dollars an hour each. Mm -hmm. That's money, I think, in the long run that could be better spent on them, and better spent or better and, and most assuredly better spent on their children. I often say to people, you know, you want to fight and pay me or do you want the money to be spent on your children? My option is to try to do the best that I can so that you can keep your money and spend it on your children. Mm -hmm. That's the way it should be. That's the way it has to be. Mm -hmm. And I, I do believe that uh, mediation is the least expensive way to go, correct? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and, and mediation works. Mm -hmm. There's many forms of mediation where the parties are all in the room together or they start together and then they meet separately with, uh, with, uh, with the mediators. Uh, and so there's, it can be tailored to the individual needs of the client, both, both in terms of dealing with the other, the timing, the, the, the timing, the scope, the pace, the development, the format, can all be customized to the unique situation of each couple. Just as, as each of us are individuals and none of us are the same, it is true that each couple is, is, uh, is universally unique. Mm -hmm. And so one size doesn't fit all, but I think that mediation offers a flexibility Certainly, that going to court doesn't. Mm -hmm. And do people have? Do people need to come to the table, um, being able to communicate at some healthy level? Well, if they're it, yes, because if because the mediators, or or even if it's lawyers meeting with clients, there has to be some basic rules. Like one, no swearing. Two, we use respectful language. Three, we don't interrupt each other. Four, we don't make faces. So there always has to be some basic ground rules. And then the fifth one, the one that I like is, if you're feeling stressful, we can always take a break. And I frequently do that. Mm -hmm. Frequently do that in situations. And sometimes I find that the client is just too much. They can't go back. So we end it. But at least it ends peacefully. Right. And there's always another day. There's always an, an, another day. And another day doesn't have to be worse than the last. Mm -hmm. Another day can always bring sunshine into the lives of the mm -hmm. parties. Yeah. Somewhere along this conversation, we talked about healing, and it takes a while. It takes a while, and, and so if you're gonna go to court, I guess the last word I would say is don't expect healing. I've had clients where they've absolutely wanted to go to court, both parties, we go to court, I can just think of one case that I have, and I won on every point. I got everything the client wanted, and at the end of it, the client was furious. Why was he furious? Because the underlying issues, the anger, the frustration, the client found that none of that got dealt with in the court process. Yes, they got the judgment they wanted, but they didn't heal. Mm -hmm. And they realized too late, the counsel that I gave them from the start is that if you want to go to court and expect to heal, you won't. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all need to do. At we the all end need of the day, we need to heal. And, and try to find a way to, to move on particularly when there's children. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for spending this time with us. Well, it's been a delight. Well, Pamela, it's uh, it's fine. It's always uh, there's you know people have lots of problems out there, but there are people throughout the the legal system, whether it's counselors and even judges and lawyers. Many have have a compassionate heart, mm -hmm. but when you're working within the legal system, it still tends to be when you litigate a, a very toxic, antagonistic, uh, unwholesome unfriendly, unhealing environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so I would recommend people to come to you.